so we are on episode six. Hello. Hello. Lee's going to be doing most of the talking this morning because I'm I have a cold and I've had no sleep, so I'm going to be like, uh huh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a great start to episode six. <laughs> so uh, today what we're going to talk about is a couple of different things. The first will be about doing things that you don't want to have to do, especially when you don't get positive <laughs> feedback um, or it's not necessarily making you feel great about doing it. Um, and the other thing is to talk about like kind of the bigger picture. So we're going to reference some of the stuff that's going on industry-wise. Yeah. Um, mainly because um, one of the things we like to do over the course of the coming weeks of this podcast is talk to different individuals from different sectors, different industries, and them sharing their journey, how they're adapting, what's happened to their industry through COVID and things like that. Well, yeah, because it's it's um, it's really interesting, isn't it, that you. From the outside looking in, you can look at some industries and think, oh, well, they're doing all right. And, yeah. and we did that with the um, the recruitment industry, didn't we? Because we were, uh, or we are, looking to work with the recruitment industry with, with Say It. Um, and we thought, oh, well, they must be doing brilliantly because everyone needs a job right now. Well, yeah. well, that's true. But of course, there's no jobs for them to fill. So well, they don't have the clients. Exactly. And recruitment companies are paid by the, the client. clients, exactly, the companies yeah. themselves. So there's a huge number of candidates. Yeah and uh, a, a lot of a drop-off for clients, uh, paying clients. So, yeah, so we're going to be talking about, or talking to over the coming days and weeks with people from different industries just to get their ideas about how they're adapting and how they're uh, pivoting is a real big thing at the moment, um, and where they see the future. Uh, so it's not going to be always specifically about me and you and about Smiley Booth or about Say It. It's basically to give... Well, Anybody that, out there, some other ideas? Yeah, I mean, I think this one will be more leaning that way because obviously that's our direct experience. But as you yeah. said, we, we'd like to bring in people from, from other industries and, and so that we've all got this kind of shared experience. Because I saw a post on Facebook um, a few days ago that was, um, when you hear people say, oh yeah, we're all in this together, we're all in the same boat. And it was quite a funny post because we are in the same storm or the same sea uh, but we're not in the same boat. It was a it was a picture of um, a luxury yacht, which was um, supposedly all the furloughed people. Although I'm sure, obviously, many of those are struggling as well. Um, and then and then it was a picture of um, Tom Hanks from Castaway on his raft, which was the self-employed people. Um, and then someone commented saying, "What about uh, company directors? Maybe we should have a dinghy with a hole in it." <laughs> and it was just basically, obviously, the the message that we're all in the same storm, but we're not necessarily in the same boat. Yeah, and I think the, however, I think everyone will get affected. It's just a timing thing, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, the the sad fact is that even those that are fortunate enough to be on furlough right now are like they're worrying about whether there's going to be a job left yeah. in in a few. In well, today or next well, and they're week only or... getting eighty percent, aren't they, of their, yeah. of their wages, which may not be anywhere near enough to cover what they need. So I'm I'm not saying that the furlough people have it have it um are, you know are well off in, in all of this. I'm just that that's what the picture yeah, is depicting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, well, that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to do this kind of have people from different industries talking about the challenges that they're having and what they're doing differently to and where they see the future to be. Because whether we like it or not, um. This is this is just 
this is one big broad brush that's hitting everybody in one way, shape or form, isn't it? That over the course of 2020. Now, um, but before we get into the event side and, uh, and ad, like how we adapt and, and where we see the future, um, I think what we should do is definitely cover um, like the, uh, the challenge of doing stuff like this and doing and starting business in these strange times in terms of the, not getting any positive, like not getting feedback. It's not even positive feedback. Like it's that shouting into an empty room. And one of the things that we're learning with this podcast, um, on day one, you were like, right, we're going to do, because you'd read, what was the book? What's the book you're... Traffic Secrets, Russell Brunson's Traffic Secrets, right. So what um, what does he say? He says you're supposed to... Um, Well, no, he talked about doing a, I think it was either a podcast or, I think it was a podcast. It may have been a YouTube video, I can't remember. But if if you do something for the whole year, it's only then that you can really assess if it's been a success. Yeah, um, you can't. You can't even, you shouldn't even think about it before that because it yeah. needs consistency. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this this morning um, when when Lee was doing the school run and I was sulking because I really didn't <laughs> want to do this today. Um, I, was, I was thinking about um, how yesterday, sorry, last week I'd had a, had a good week because there seemed to be lots of activity going on and and we were kind of felt like we were moving forward and then all that's done now and this week kind of started with a bit of a a blank slate again which is my kind of worst area to start I, I like as I've said in previous podcasts to tick boxes to do things and when I'm just looking at a blank slate and and I've got to kind of push that rock uphill I'm like Ugh. yeah but the point I'm getting at is is it's just consistency and and like nearly every business book you read or marketing book or or even just kind of a success story like a, an athlete or someone that's had some um, horrendous illness or accident that have overcome that yeah every single time all it is is just keep showing up it's just consistency that that's the main message is when everybody else stops you just keep going um, yeah and I think that's the same with everything in life right yeah. so but and then, and it's been really interesting doing it. I mean, we we're only on episode six, right? And one of the... But in- I'm sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the point is, not COVID, hopefully. No, hopefully not. Um, but the point is, this the podcast has been, is, has been like a, a little micro example of what it is to do anything, in, like whether it be starting a business or anything else, because what you have is when you initially announce something... So yay! <laughs> yeah, you get you and you you get carried on this way, don't you? You get everyone. Everyone gives you thumbs up, and everyone messages you and say, "Oh, I'm really, really, oh, excuse me, really pleased that you're doing this and you're getting involved in this, and I'm going to be really keen." And and you get all this kind of positive feedback, and you're like, "Oh, I'm on the right path." And then, and of course, your adrenaline's going, and your enthusiasm's going for it because it's all new, mm. and you have millions of ideas. And then, but once you're a few days in and a few, like obviously a few weeks in, a few months in, it's different because you get, because that initial like lift off is, yeah. not, is not there. Yeah. And, and now it is about just, right, get the work done, sh- showing up. period is over, isn't it? I suppose yeah. that's what they, they refer to. And also um, there's some... Stati- Can we call this a honeymoon period because we're only in six days <laughs> in? Are we say we're going to do 365. And that's the average they say about New Year's resolutions, don't they? Which is a similar kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Is it something like 
22 days or something. No, I think it's less than that. Or 16 days. I can't remember the number, but if anybody it's knows, in the teens, let us know. But days, yeah. yeah, that it, from, from New Year to halfway yeah. through January, everyone's kind of given up on their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And then it's for that exact reason. You, yeah. it's, it's, um, but there's another thing, isn't there, that if you do a habit for something like 40 days or 45 days, that's what it takes to become a habit. Oh, really? Yeah, that you have to keep doing something, even if you don't want to, for that length of time, and then it becomes a, it becomes ingrained, it becomes a habit. Right, okay, so... So we'll, we'll see, take well, 40. <laughs> well, I said to you this morning, right? I was like, okay, this morning, it, we're gonna get, because again, I, I got up a little bit earlier and did my bits and pieces, I'm so I was like... today. A little bit earlier, <laughs> message, can I have my tea? Um, but the point is, I, I was like, right, when I get back home from, um, dropping off the kids and, and we'll get this podcast done so we can get it out there and mm-hmm. then it's today's done and you're like, nah, nah, oh, do, we, oh, do we have to do this? Do we have to do that? It's like, damn right. And that's one of the great things about what we, when we were talking about yesterday about accountability and making things public is it does, it does make you show up, mm-hmm. like you have to show up. But um, I actually said to you this morning, didn't I? I was like, right, okay, we need to have an agreement that... We the, we shouldn't expect the other person to pull us to to do these things. Like we, you've got to kind of just show up, no matter yeah, how. This will come round at some point, though. Huh? There will be a day you don't want to do it, and I do. No, no. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll remind you of this. <laughs> yeah, and so the reason why this is relevant, though, is because it ties really neatly into how we're all having to adapt and what the industries are doing right now. Yeah. So, for example, um, when we're starting a business. Like with with say for example, we got I've got a call with um, a healthcare service today mm-hmm. to to help uh, promote the service and deliver the service to to people who are locked in their elderly homes at the moment can't see any of their family and that's and that's kind of the ideal scenario for things like say it to help people like that, but there's still it's these are nice conversations to have and really important conversations to have but it's a, it's all push. And there's that's no it. pull, that's, that's right? That's so hard, I find. Yeah. And especially when you've... It's almost worse, which sounds a bit weird, but when you've got something that you really believe in and that you're really passionate about. Because like you just said, the care home people. I mean, I, I had a, a, a grandmother that had Alzheimer's for several years when I was a teenager, and I was heavily involved in that because my, my mum couldn't cope very well with it because it was her mm. mum. So I, I'm quite sensitive to that. You've currently got a grandmother in a, in a home that's actually... Scott suspected COVID and is very mm-hmm. poorly at the moment. You know, my parents are in their seventies and and well, my dad's eighty. Sorry, dad. Um, <laughs> but it's it's quite you know something that's quite personal to us, and we really really want to help that industry, yeah. don't we, by giving these cards. So we're quite passionate about it. So when you kind of get like a either a non response or a or a lukewarm lukewarm response from people, yeah, you, it's hard not to take it personally because you're like, but I really want to help. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And oh, by the way, anybody that's watching this on YouTube, <clears throat> we'll put the link. In fact, we'll put the link on the podcast and on YouTube yeah. to what we're actually talking about in terms of how the Say It service is uh, how we've created it so that it really helps that that particular the care group home as well yeah. at the moment and, and any well not just care home people but people that have had to isolate and you yeah. know aren't seeing 
friends and family we you know we believe that that's a, a big benefit of our product um, incidentally if i can just interrupt there lee um we are going to be putting a, a just a kind of one-page website together as well so that anything that we talk about in these these podcasts whether it's book recommendations or any further resources we can just put them all on there so yeah. if anybody's like oh what, what's that that they were talking about you can go and yeah, find it's a great it idea. Yeah. On, on the website so that it's it's all kind of just in one big Thin. thin. Yeah, well said. <laughs> I told you I'm useless today. Uh, so, yeah, look out for the thing. Yeah, it's um, a great thing. Yeah, and just as a caveat here, and I'm sure everyone's probably already guessed this over the last, <laughs> over the last, if they've listened to any of our podcasts so far or watched any of the YouTubes, is we're kind of learning this as we go. Yeah. There isn't, uh, there isn't a manual. I mean, you can get bogged down in how do you do this and how do you do that, but. Uh, I, I made a comment on um, one of a social media posts. I think yesterday or the day before, where um, we weren't we weren't prepared to um, let perfection be the enemy of action. So we're just going to learn this as we go. I think it's well, we're quite awesome. big advocates of learning and keeping an open mind, anyway, aren't yeah. we? That um, well, I'm sure enough people will tell us to, to go away if uh, if it doesn't work. But <laughs> so. So coming back to the point, the reason why we, uh, we wanted to cover some of these aspects is because when you're starting in business and or, or if you're in an industry at the moment that's completely crumbled uh, or on pause, then it's, it's very difficult when you don't get any of this constant positive feedback and or you don't get any feedback at all. And it's a case of, OK, I've got to show up again today. And, it's, uh, and when you are sat in a situation where literally your, your home and your uh, like safe like your financial security is at risk based on where your how you spend your time it can be very challenging to put that time into projects that might not necessarily help in any way shape or form for maybe months down yeah. the road right or maybe maybe even longer than that maybe yeah. years down the road before they actually start to reward you for the effort and the work that you're doing but that's that's not to say that everything you should do should have some kind of financial or some deliberate reward, but I think what we're trying to say here is be consistent and persistent. Set yourself a time goal in terms of, right, I'm going to do this for X number of, X amount of time before I review whether it was worthwhile or not. Mm. And, and that's kind of our approach to this, right? So there might be some days where we turn up and go, okay, what are we talking about now? Or so whatever it might be. But um, hopefully that's not going to be the case too often. And by talking to other people and bringing other people into this podcast and to talk about their experiences and what they're going through through 2020 and what their aspirations are for the next year will probably help. Yeah, I'm quite excited about that that side of things. Mm. I, um, well, we both do, don't we? Like talking to other businesses and um, yeah. find it really interesting to, to see what they're doing and um, and how, just, I don't know, just how people are responding to to this yeah and i would i would say if anybody's listening to this or watching this and they are thinking about right okay well i'm working on a business or i'm in an industry or i've got an interesting story or anything like that reach out yeah, yeah. and um because we'd love to speak to you and hear hear um, what's going on with you so um so i suppose the next bit i really that we both kind of wanted to talk about was how when you work in an industry like what happens? So ours is obviously the events industry. So obviously quite a few of our friends are, and business associates are in that sector, right? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, so for anybody not in that industry right now, um, no experience in that, um, and it's been a quite an interesting, 2020 has had quite an interesting impact on that, right? Yeah. So if we take the UK, for example, the UK last year, I think the events industry contributed something like 42.3 billion to like the GDP mm-hmm. for the UK. It's a, it was a decent, decent size industry. And um, it's just been... Which the government are entirely ignoring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and a lot of people in this industry are in a situation where they do this... They're, they're very small businesses, generally, right? They're, they might be caterers, they might be events, like entertainment, like musicians, they might be... Because what was the thing the government said about if you were a musician or something well, like that? No, it wasn't that, was it? it was, it's, it's not just events in terms of... Um, Kind of private events as well it's also like the uh, theater industry yeah um you know concerts all of that kind of stuff it, it, there was that unbelievably ridiculous campaign where some somebody put out and then uh, quickly retracted because it angered so many people but, but they were really proud of it when they did oh, it so. <laughs> these posters saying uh, something along the lines of uh, well again we'll put it on the on the website and in the resources but you know if um your career, there's a picture of a ballet dancer tying up her shoes and it, and it says, I don't know what the person's name was, but um, whoever may have a career in IT, but she just doesn't know it yet. So, and the whole kind of process was, um, or premise, sorry, was let's retrain everybody. And actually the, the, the actual thing behind it, when you actually looked into what it was about, was just about giving free training, which is no bad thing. Yeah. But the way they positioned it was like, oh, anyone with any kind of art, career, in the arts or events, yeah. which as anybody in those industries will tell you, it's it's not just about hard work. It's a lot of the time these people have a talent yeah. and they've been working on this talent since they're like six, seven years old. Yeah, work um, all day now. Yeah, and then days. they're just told to, oh, go retrain. <laughs> well, that was, the, um, I don't know if you might not be aware of it, but there was a, I remember hearing on, I think it might have been something like the Joe Rogan podcast or something, but there was a there was a bit of a scandal or whatever it was uh, in the states where I think it might have been to do with either the uh, the mining industry or something along them lines and someone a reasonably high profile or really high profile person made some statement saying learn to code mm. and then that became it completely kind of broke down into that became a source of like an abusive term today. <laughs> People using that, and, so, and then I think something like Twitter. I might be misremembering this, but I'm sure Twitter was blocking accounts or banning accounts that were using this what was perceived to be a demeaning terminology of saying somebody learned to code. Well, on on these adverts, it said something like cyber train or cyber cyber something right. but it, it just reminded me of like terminator it was just yeah. like oh my god we all want to become these bots yeah. and, and yeah. yeah it was it was very uh very weird but it was quickly um quickly revoked but I, I i guess the key message is we are all having 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 to <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> are having to retrain to a, to a certain extent and i'm and i'm definitely not saying give up on your career at all um but as a temporary measure uh what well, two things as a temporary measure people are needing to look at alternative options while things are on pause at the moment especially right. in things like theater where it is literally on pause there's nothing you can do right now um so that they're, they're definitely having to kind of um 
add skills to their portfolio, I would say. Um, but also, but people in business, um, the kind of keyword that's being banded around the events industry is hybrid events. So, um, and a hybrid event is something that takes place online, but also physically. Yeah. So at the moment, most events have shifted to online. So even massive conferences, I mean, you went to Inbound, uh, Inbound? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it is yeah. called Inbound, um, yeah, in Boston. A couple of years ago in, in Boston, which is a massive, massive, massive event for um, HubSpot for inbound marketing. Um, and big, big events like that have had to shift online entirely. But when the events industry comes back round, what they're saying, and what a lot of people are saying is that it's going to be hybrid. So you're going to have the physical event, but a lot of people are going to still want to do the online bit because it's yeah. easier and it's cheaper. Um, so you're going to have this kind of... Um, double process so you need to be skilled you need to be able to market both of those elements you need to understand how both of that works and ultimately you're actually reaching a wider audience so it's a, it's a good thing in the long run well yeah in the end it'll actually mean that yeah the the amount of people involved in an event will it's be far bigger. larger yeah. than, it, than it has ever previously been yeah. so yeah so in that respect it's good I mean it's been so because there's a couple of points on that as well regarding um it's weird how in the in the events industry how some companies are actually responding to to try and appear to be responsible as their mm. uh, a, a, a responsible brand mm -hmm. right so you, obviously key people in in like their offices are, are sitting there saying well we need to send this message out we need to make mm. this statement that it sits with our values or mm. it sits with our our responsibility as this type of company and you saw one recently where um we've got these vaccines coming out or, or be, also being talked about right now we're in november of 2020 and one very influential large brand had made some statement about they would not allow people that had not been vaccinated to their events yeah. um which begs the question like yeah. where's the choice that people have and that's yeah, a, yeah. probably a whole nother episode down the road but that's a that it's it's weird we're in this weird state of flux right with events well, that's, and that's been our personal approach hasn't it is to just sit back and watch really and not not try to react too fast because i saw a lot of photo booth companies at the in the early days of this whole drama um offering like uh, online booths and and also on their actual booths like oh we're we're covid friendly you know we we wipe down our props or or we don't have props or we have a touchless photo booth or whatever it was um and well they were there was uh there was one instance where people were well there was a couple of instances where people were literally building these units that you walk through mm. prior to getting into the booth that was like a decontamination yeah. unit right <laughs> And um, before you went into the booth, and it's like, well, have we really got to that point in life where that's a possibility for event delivery? Well, and as such, if you're somebody who's going to book a service, would you even bother? Well, uh, well, that's the thing. If you're going to need something that extreme, then there's not going to be an event in the first place, is there, really? It's, it's, <laughs> we're all going to go to events in hazmat suits. Exactly you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, did you see there was a thing on, <coughs> I saw online? I think I saw it, and then I think you and the kids found it as well with the, it was the half suit thing, yeah. Yeah, it's breathing. like a helmet. Well, yeah, it's not yeah. even a, it's it's a whole thing that covers from your just below your chest, over your head, and down to your back. Is it? Is it? It's about three hundred. What would you call it? Well, a it helmet? was like a uh, mini 
spacesuit, wasn't it? It's it just, was like it was a only suit, the top. But it half. only covered the half. Yeah, top yeah. Half. And the visor was this huge visor at the front. Yeah. So you got the sense that your vision wasn't impaired. Yeah. But it was just enormous. And that you had your own oxygen. Yeah. There. And the fact that a business, so somebody sat there and went, right, okay, that's a business opportunity and I'm going to create it and I'm going to sell loads of these things. Because obviously why else would they, yeah. they do it? And, it, and I mean, I guess it could help the very vulnerable still go out. I guess that's that's a market for it. But yeah, they want to look like <laughs> if it's a choice Mars. of not going out or or you know not interacting at all. Or I guess that's a market. But I mean, it's not personally something that I would have put my money well, or invested into. Though, but, no? yeah, yeah, it's course, I mean, but... the thing was enormous. <laughs> it's just absolutely enormous. But. And I, and I suppose, actually, the context of this is that it's, you've got to be careful what rabbit holes you go down that's, that's it. To when you're trying to innovate yeah. within your industry. That's the thing. You? I mean, all of these people that are offering all these different things are, you know, good luck to them. They're just, they're just trying to pivot. But, I th- but our kind of process on all of this is to just sit back and watch for a bit before you make an educated decision. And I mean, um, some of our franchisees and colleagues may have thought for a couple of months or so we weren't doing anything but we were very much researching and getting on conference calls with people and following the general noise as it was in the in the wedding industry and and that and by by that I mean actual couples and brides and what their feelings were Um, and also creating solutions that are relevant not just for 2020 yeah but for 2030 yeah yeah yeah, exactly you don't want something that's just going to suit now no because Things are going to keep evolving, and and that's what's so important about these hybrid events, and that's that's quite exciting because it's something that you can address right now, um, but also for the future. So, not just for our media industry, but for some of you know people like I don't know, like I said to you earlier, like florists. You know, if if you if you were a, a very physical florist, I know there's online things like Interflora and stuff anyway, but if you were a very physical florist, it might be that now you've had to pivot to offering an online service for your yeah. local customers. If you were a cake maker and your, your cake work has dried up to a certain extent, I mean, people still have birthday cakes and stuff. But, cakes have dried up. But, <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but, your, but weddings, it might be that you're, you teach cake making to yeah. people that um, that want to do that. And, and well, then, we've seen that with your, your mum yeah. and my mum. We have yeah. quite an unusual situation where your mum's a music teacher yeah. and my mother's a fitness instructor. Yeah. So historically, it was all face to face. Yeah. But what has this year done? They've pivoted online. Yeah. Exactly. Which you'd never have thought they well, used, especially with my mum. Definitely not. She, no. She was allergic to technology. Um, and it's all Zoom lessons now, yeah. right? So they're so technically, you're both my mother and your mother are now in a position where they can, they can technically see way more students. Exactly. Well, that, way, that's way the thing. Money. They can. All of those people that we've just described, when the world does go back to normal and they can go back to their normal jobs, as it were, they can still use what they've developed online. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've got a whole new avenue of new customers, new um, revenue streams coming into their business. So that's only a positive that, you know, and, and it is... It has its frustrations working online, definitely, but it, it does obviously open up your customer base. It's extremely cheap. Um, when it doesn't necessarily all... See, I think so much of what we're all used to in the events industry or with with anything, it's, it's very much a one-to-one. Mm. Right? It's a, okay, I'll build this, I'll deliver this service for you and I'm dealing with you. Mm. Whereas what online enables you to do is you can deal with you can one to many yeah and if you're if you're 
proposition is, if you think about developing your proposition in that way, and it could be just a case of, well, okay, look, I've got, I, I don't know, I, I've got, for us, for example, it could be, if we didn't have franchisees, for example, it might be, um, well, look, we've got 12 years in the experience in delivering photo booth hire services to weddings and events, mm -hmm. right? So, so it might be that, well, come 2021, when the events industry opens up, and trust me, you can't take an industry that's done was doing last year 40 nearly 43 billion pull it down to nothing and not expect some kind of spring back out the other side yeah. so and our view is like ride that wave on the other side yeah. uh, like bolster everything up make sure everybody's got everything they need so that we can run at it the other side but there's there's going to be lots of opportunities on the other side for you, for people to perhaps teach yeah. the what or share their experiences maybe um educate different people around right okay this is what it is to deliver an event this is how you would do it and um so pivoting doesn't necessarily mean okay well maybe i should now go away and start hand making face masks mm -hmm. because yeah you could do that and that might solve a problem today and more power to you if it puts the reality is if it puts money in your pocket today Mm. and you're and you need to put food on the table then whatever it takes yeah. but it's not a long-term solution no. is perhaps it's not it might be but my guess would be that it's not a long-term solution and uh, thinking long more longer term in your business strategies is probably a really good idea right mm. or income earning strategies is a really good idea yeah um but yeah i mean the events industry as a whole is very concerning right now yeah um, you've got venues that are waiting yeah. to see if they can. Unfortunately, everyone's being propped up at the moment by things like the government funding and everything else. But yeah, I think online strategies, course creation or lesson creation or or anything like that you can work on right now is a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, as you say, it's about kind of adding skills and services to what you already offer. Um, that are still going to be there because that was always the case that you should be looking at these kind of things but one everyone was too busy yeah. and and a lot of the time you kind of get stuck in your ways you know if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing yeah. you know it's it's um whereas in 2020 everything broke <laughs> so we all had to fix it um yeah. and uh, i think people are a lot more open to doing things differently yeah. um and I would say in lots of ways more efficiently um, than, than they were previously. I mean, things like doctors now that you can get online appointments. I mean, how brilliant is that? Yeah. You don't have to drag yourself to the doctor's surgery and give everyone your germs when you're sick. Yeah. You know, if, if hopefully doctor's surgeries hold on to that when, when the world goes back to normal, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, yeah. You know, our, our library in back home in England I keep getting emails from them that you know you can borrow all these books online and, and read oh, wow. them on your your devices rather than having, having to go I'm into happy. the um into the library so it, I I think the those are the positives that have come out of Covid definitely yeah and I think I think it's probably and I, I mean I'm naturally optimistic mm -hmm. right about things it's like if I lost my arm it'd be like yeah but I could have lost my other one you know what I mean so <laughs> That's my, my initial response to something is always to go, yeah, but it wasn't as bad as. But the, I think the, the 
thing is, what 2020 is teaching us is that it's how we need to protect our resources mm. and, and how we need to use our resources at the other side. Like if there was a magic wand and all this nonsense, we could just wave it and all this nonsense went away from tomorrow. It's all, what can we take away from the last yeah. 11 months, you know, of 2020? What, what will we do differently that is going to stick? Um, and it might not necessarily be building the next like big business or whatever. It might be as simple as, but you know what? We were living on the edge. They were thinking that we don't need to, that, well, not living on the edge is something to worry about in the future, but we can live on the edge now uh, and worry about the rest later. And then 2020 hits and it's like, oh, bugger. No, yeah. living on the edge gave me no room to manoeuvre, like yeah, no, yeah. no safety nets. And we've been quite honest um, with each other and with the franchisees and with the with anybody that we have in a conversation with about business is when we were building Smiley Duck, for example, there was many years where we were we were on the edge, right? We were running... Well, at, we just reinvested, didn't we? Constantly. So Yeah, the did. moment there was a slight head... Like, we got slightly ahead. Yeah. It was like, buy more gear. Yeah, yeah, buy yeah. Buy more this, buy more yeah. that. And... Um, and there was there was it was the travelling that changed it for us, right? Mm. When when we went um, when we left the UK in two thousand eighteen to go off on our journey, one of the things that we had to do because we had that scare in two thousand and seventeen, which we mm. will talk about in a future episode, but um, that really made us realise how important it was not to be so living on the edge all mm -hmm. the time, and and we realised that well, Christ, we could be anywhere in the world, and if something falls over that's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's going to be a massive problem for us to fix. So that kind of safety net, trying to pull ourselves a little further away from the cliff edge, yeah, yeah. has definitely helped you and I this year yeah. navigate through some of this stuff and keep yeah. our heads, right? Um, but that's that's not a forever solution. No. Like we're not sat here by any stretch of the imagination going, oh, well, we're all right. We'll just sit, sit on our hands and no. wait for the tide to turn. Because we we're not millionaires. We, no, we well, we've got... had to very much pivot in in lots of ways, haven't we? Um, yeah. With with what we offer, um, and find uh, alternative, not alternative, but additional income to bolster our resources. Yeah. So that um, so that we can protect the business. Um, but yeah, protect because we... that's a business that's been built over twelve years, yeah, exactly. and it's like it's that. that there's no get... way we're going to allow twenty twenty. No to stop this business no. like after 12 years worth of work. It's no. just not happening. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, it's so a pivoting, say it, being yeah. one of those because it directly links into Smiley Booth. Well, it links into so Smiley Booth and I think what's different with, with say it is um, we wholly own the technology behind that. I think that, yeah. that was a difference that we made this year um, before we very much relied on products that are out there and yeah. either just bought them as they are or adapted them to, to our needs. Whereas this time we've been like, no, we're going to build something from scratch. Yeah, from the ground that's, up. That's totally ours and unique and we can amend it as we need to because, again, that gives you room to pivot and you're yeah. not relying on, oh, well, what's somebody else going to give me or do or yeah. find a solution for me? And then they're going to sell it to everyone else as a solution. And then what, what difference of, you know, what USP have I... Well, and that was always a problem, right? Exactly. It was the moment we would get ahead of the curve because we bought in early because yeah. we had the resources to be able to do yeah. that. But then the, the 
guys that own behind the scenes on that was selling it to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And so, yeah, you're becomes a real challenge. Yeah. You, the, the, only, the, the only kind of saving bit was we knew, we, we knew our delivery was going to be, always be very high. Yeah. The, the, our consistency of great delivery was always going to be very high. And we knew we'd always be first to yeah. the market with stuff. But um, yeah, that definitely changes the game in terms of uh, having smile. Uh, sorry, say it as this wholly owned because we choose who we do business with. Yeah. And how and how that service is used. But I think that's important because a lot of again books I read and, and people say, oh, you know, you know, you need to have this groundbreaking idea to mm-hmm. be successful. Um, and in fact, yesterday I when I I was listening to Russell Brunson's book and before Facebook. Um, right back to 1996, I think there was something called Six Degrees, which was based on the whole Never premise. Heard of it. No, exactly, which was based on the whole pro- premise of Six Degrees of Separation, right. and it was kind of the first Facebook, as it were. Right. But there were other, others. There was there was Friendster. Um, there was MySpace, which most people have heard of. Um, well, but... when MySpace was around, because uh, like uh, when I mean, obviously we're old enough to remember and use MySpace. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, nobody's going to beat MySpace. Well, nobody did. No, no. Everybody thought My, MySpace was the giant. But, but that's the thing. You don't have to have a, a wholly new idea. You just need to do it better. Yeah. Um, and, or, or, you know, tweak something so you're doing it slightly differently. Yeah. Um, and, and it's yours. Yeah. You own it. You've, you've created that. And I think that that's been a key lesson for us in, in 2020 because when physical events did stop for a bit and we're like okay do we need to move everything online let's look at these virtual photo booths and virtual events and all of this kind of stuff which there is definitely a place for but everyone was scrabbling to do the same thing and yeah. it was like well what can i offer my customers that that person can't and that and yeah. i was like well, there's not really anything that that's unique um yeah. and it, it was really difficult to say oh we do it better and then of course you end up just in a price war because the only thing you can say is oh yeah we do it cheaper yeah. which is never a good place for anyone to be um so i, I think uh, that that's definitely been a, a big learn for us if you can if you can create your own thing and that doesn't mean you have to create your own software like we have you can just create your own method of doing something or... yeah well something can be unique so that's the great thing about being a human being right is that you are unique yeah right so your personality your views your your way of doing things is very authentically and uniquely you yeah so the way you choose to communicate your service your product offering everything else can just be a reflection of who you are and what you're about and and people resonate with the truth of that right it's that's really important it's one of the um it's one, it was one of the challenges of franchising mm. when we franchised Smiley Booth. For anybody, I, I was speaking on the phone with somebody the other day who's just starting out on franchising. And one of the challenges is it's no longer authentically you. It mm. is to a point, mm. but it's also authentically them. Yeah. And it's in one way, shape or form, your product either changes or gets distilled. Yeah. And some, the danger with that sometimes is the message gets lost. Yeah. And so, so the differentiator that was you yeah. is no longer there. The, the people can't see it. Yeah. And that can be definitely a challenge. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of people obviously that aren't thinking about franchising their business and so on. But And for those that you aren't, but are thinking about, right, how do I communicate my 
why or what uh, uh, the importance of my brand. It's like, well, what is it about you that you feel about your product or service mm-hmm. that you can you can put out there? And I mean, the events industry as a whole is just it's a massive mix of from tiny, tiny micro businesses where people are doing it part time, mm-hmm. like cake makers and mm-hmm. or whatever it is, all the way through to these enormous great institutions that have thousands of staff and everything mm-hmm. else. But everybody's been hit in the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh but I mean, And and the the travel industry is obviously they've they've been hit in a huge way as well. Like giants that you just never thought would, would tumble have yeah. have tumbled very quickly. Well, I remember when Thomas Cook went down not long before mm. all of this. What was that, last year mm. it went down? And, um, yeah, it's... But, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to talk to other industries and see how they're pivoting. But I think, fundamentally, if you're in the events industry at the moment and you're scratching your head, then one advantage that the events industry have has, I would suggest, over perhaps... Or if you're somebody who's listening to this thinking, well, maybe events industry is somewhere I'd like to go... On the other side of all of this, because I've been, mm. I've always had a passion for I don't know, singing or or even making cakes or whatever, and maybe that's my future from next year. Um, then, what one of the things that it's always been very good at is events tend to get booked way in advance. Yeah. Like our franchisees and Smiley Booth as a company is still taking bookings. I think we were on a podcast yesterday yeah, and you were talking we're, about you took a booking yesterday. Yeah, we're beginning to see 2022 coming in. Now. Yeah, and we've been having a lot of noise about yeah. everything from March onwards uh, for 2021. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's listening to this that is in the events industry right now, and if you can figure out a way of pressing pause mm-hmm. um, or hanging on and come back fighting from that period onwards, then, um, then yeah, it's I think... Well, and oh, the vast majority of our customers, they didn't cancel, they postponed. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, you know, they just held off to to, um, to booking their event in advance, which is devastating on cash flow, and that's the challenge that everybody has to manage. But but they're not just going, oh, I'm done now, and yeah. they don't come back. They, they, were, they were either postponing or, or saying, you know, oh, I won't do it for the minute, but I'll, I'll come back to you next year. Yeah. Well, in episode three, we talked about... Um, mindset and headspace and um, we spent quite a bit of time going into ways in which you should filter and stand guard mm-hmm. like in terms of and you, what did you what was the phrase you use oh, i keep forgetting it stand guard at the door to your mind yeah so and, and that's all about so it can be it was all about kind of the content that you consume the news media you consume and everything else if you're in an industry right now that's being really severely affected which is probably most industries right now then it's not just the news that you've got to stand guard at. It's things like LinkedIn. It's like I'm obviously connected on LinkedIn with lots of people in the events industry. And to be honest, I go on there at the moment and quite rightly, you're going to see it. You get, it's, it's very sad to see all these events industry professionals, whether they be business owners or whether they be just team members of events companies, or venues and things like that, and it is just flooded with people that are being made redundant, mm. or um, or having to get rid of premises, or mm. or whatever it might be, and um, and that's very sad to see. Don't get me wrong, and that's definitely a, a representation of twenty twenty. But if I spend too long on there, yeah, I would definitely buy into the narrative that we're doomed, and it's yeah, like yeah. oh, you can't. So that 
if you if you're in it, be careful what you're seeing in industry news because <clears throat> not that you should ignore or shouldn't help anybody in the industry, but know that yeah, if it's in pain right now, and so yeah. subsequently, if you if you step into that world, you're going to end up yeah in in yeah feeling pretty bad about it at yeah. the end of it. I think. Yeah, it's. It, as we've always said, and we we've been saying to our franchisees, it, it is a pause. It's not a it's not a death. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, well, we sorry, just to jump in. But remember what we used to say to the franchisees about um, specialist Facebook groups. So in, in particular, like photo booth groups, like yeah. they're, where where they would get together as a group of business owners, yeah. and they'd all share their experiences. And those groups were always set up with the mind of. Well, maybe we can share business together. Maybe we can share ideas, best practice, and maybe we can just raise the standard. That's how it starts. Maybe you can raise the standard of yeah. the industry as a whole, so that we really, I think, it's a bit of a power play by a small number of people to be mm. represented as the like the ones in charge of the yeah, industry yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. But what it always goes into is it just sinks into this negative yeah. complain about customers, yeah. complain about the industry, complain about competitors. Groups Not all of them, but some of them. A yeah. big chunk of them yeah, do, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we always used to say to our franchisees, just avoid yeah. those groups. Yeah. Like, it's not going to help you. No. So, sorry, thing. I jumped in, but that's another example. <laughs> Do your own thing, yeah. Yeah, keep an eye. It's about watching your competition, but not necessarily buying into their their mindset on stuff, isn't it? Um because you, you do need to keep a feel on that, I think, to see where things are going. But just as you say, don't get swallowed by it. Don't get consumed by no, any of the can't. negativity. Well, you, if there's ever been a time where your um, headspace and getting stuff done has been really important, it's like now. Mm-hmm. It's like this year. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not being really protective and proactive about keeping an optimistic, positive, hardworking, get your head down like headspace then um you're crazy absolutely crazy that's got you've got to be unless you're doing really well and you're in an industry that's completely protected and it's like well especially now because we've we spoke about this yesterday i think now we've all lived with it for a little while now and it's it's time if if you have been struggling throughout the summer and and really you know struggling just with this new way it's time to kind of stop having a pity party and get on with it because this is the new normal, whatever that normal is. Yeah. And we've all got to find a way to get through it. And 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 whether that's hybrid or pivoting or all these buzzwords that are out there at the you've moment. You've got to create. Yeah, you, you have. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Because yeah. um, you, you can't necessarily even go, oh, well, I'll go and get a job because the job market's suffering. Yeah. So you, you have got to uh, be creative. And um, as we said at the beginning of this, keep showing up. Even yeah. when you don't want to, like yeah. I didn't want to today because I feel pants. <laughs> you, yeah. you've just. Well, it's that phrase by is it Seth Godin that said it? Uh, Swallow the frog. Is it? Is, is it, it him? I saw I that. Know. I saw that earlier today actually because it um it was. I oh, you to... saw that and you still moaned. Yeah, yeah. I can moan about it and still do it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the key thing. Yeah. Uh, you can keep showing up. You can have a good whinge about it, but just keep doing it. Don't... So the Swallow the frog is 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 something like. It's a book. It's not just a phrase. Oh, okay. Sure it's it's a book. Not a eat the frog. Eat the swallow frog. the frog. Yeah. Eat that, eat that frog. Eat that frog. Yeah, I saw it today. I I saw some random post about um, uh, books about resilience. Right. Uh, oh, that was it. It was on LinkedIn because I I didn't know this, but Sheryl Sandberg, CEO of of Facebook, 
um, has just released a book with, um, I haven't read it yet, so I've got no idea what it's what it's like, but I, I literally saw this last night and I, I thought it was really interesting. Her and, and um, I can't remember the other guy's name again, I'll, I'll put it on our thing. Uh, and, uh, you can remember what it is. It's, uh, well, listen back to it. Um. <laughs> um, it's some Harvard um, scholar, um, I can't remember his name, but anyway, these two people have got together and they've written a book called Option B. Right. And the base, uh, and when I first read it, I was like, oh, why on earth would Sheryl Sandberg need that? And you see yeah, the COO yeah. of Facebook, she's like one of the most influential and, and successful women in the world. But she lost her husband two years ago um, and, um, and obviously had to keep going. She's still yeah. COO of Facebook. She has children. She has what's one of the most high profile jobs in the world. Right. Um, and she completely unexpectedly lost her husband. And, and wow. the whole book is option B because it's how to crack on and deal with option B when option A is no longer an, op an option. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful for 2020. And that's obviously why they've kind of released the book now. Yeah. Um, because option A has disappeared or gone on pause yeah. for so many people. Yeah. And now we're all have to do, having to go... Having. That's three in one podcast. I, I told you I'm not with it today. Um, <laughs> you're having to go with option B. Um, yeah. and, and we said, again, we said that with our, our, um, our blip in 2017, yeah. was how do we make option B really awesome? Um, exactly. And that's how we ended up traveling because even though option A was still okay, thankfully, yeah. We were like, oh, we quite like the, the idea of option B. Well, and you've got to, and consuming books <clears throat> is a really important yeah. part of this. That we've, it's changed our lives when we ramped up the level of book consumption that we yeah. go through. And podcasts, like, you know, that's one of the reasons we did this is because... Because we, yeah, we, we resonated to, with a couple of people. Yeah, we listen yeah. to podcasts a lot. Um, there's the the um, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. You know that book? Um, no. Oh, I remember you saying about it. Once. Yeah, Jack yeah. Canfield. Um, he, he, the, it, there's not just chicken soup for the soul. There's a massive amount of them. There's like chicken soup for the mother's soul, chicken soup for I don't know. Really likes chicken soup. <laughs> but I didn't know this. But there's an entrepreneur's one apparently, right. which I'm I've been trying to get hold of a copy on Audible because I think right. that would be quite interesting because yeah. it's all stories of entrepreneurs that have kind of been been through the mill and come out the other side. Yeah. Um. So I. I what was that other one you mentioned the other day? Um. It's like, oh, do, do, do it anyway, or don't give a F about something, or whatever it is. Uh, what is it? How to not give a... Oh, I can't remember. Uh, is that the Mark Manson? Yeah, what's it called? That is what I think it is, Mark Manson. Um, oh, uh, a bit of a bit of a... Um, is it something like how to not give a Yeah, fuck or it is. It's, uh, uh, the magic art of not giving a fuck. There we go. That's it. Um, yeah, so that's a really, so that's a book that I'm really determined to, I haven't done yet, but I've heard so many people say It's really good, I'm actually on his um, newsletter list, he does a, he does a um, Monday newsletter called Motherfucking Monday, <laughs> and, um, and it's, it, it always has three points um, right. of kind of his view of the world each Monday, right. and I am on, as you know, my my email inbox is just ridiculous. Yeah. I'm on so many newsletters because I, I go, oh, that looks interesting, and then yeah. I never read it. But his is the one that one that I do read every week, and it is really interesting. And, and I think you, the, the reason why <laughs> I like the sound of that is because the impression I get, and I might be wrong from what you've said to me and so on, is it really is that kind of 
just do it and you, like just yeah, yeah. get get on with it yeah. and, and if you get negative feedback get whatever it is just yeah. don't give a fuck just yeah, yeah, yeah. get just, it just get the job done it. yeah absolutely so. and, but listening and hearing like audible is really good because the great thing about audible is you actually hear the author most the telling time. the story a lot of the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And um, although occasionally you get one with a really weird voice and it kind of throws your whole yeah, image it does. of the book. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, I don't listen to those. Yeah. I, I, I tend to not listen to anybody that's not the author. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just consuming that kind of stuff, even if all it does is it gives you a new way of thinking about your ideas or even just gives you some ideas. It's like... That's, I think that's a really important thing to get involved yeah. in at the moment during this weird space. Um, there was something else I wanted to say very, very quickly that's just completely gone out of my head. Da, 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 da. No, it's gone. <laughs> completely gone. Well, I'll add it to the thing. You'll add it to the thing. <laughs> well, because we have covered quite a lot today um, in terms of we've re referred to lots of kind of different resources and books. I will make the commitment, I'm doing it publicly, um, mm. to get uh, the web page up today um, so that I can put these resources and re references up for people so that they can refer yeah, to them. Yeah. And if there's somebody listening to this that's perhaps, I mean, I said at the beginning of this about the event, well, about industries generally, because we'd like to hear about how your industry has been affected and what you're doing about it and moving forward. Um, because I think it would be really interesting to get some ideas yeah, into, yeah, absolutely. Into, from different people but also if you're in the events industry right now and you're and you're thinking well i've now taken this and i'm pivoting i'm going off in this direction or this is my thoughts about the future and everything else and you want to share some of that with us let's have a chat uh, i think it's i think creating this we're in this weird time at the moment where we're all being told not to like meet with other people talk to other people see other people and everything else and that's not what we are as human beings. Being in isolation is you not You say helpful, that, but right? conversely, I think people are collaborating more than they ever have done. Yeah, that's true. The, even though they're not physically seeing each other, people seem to be um, dropping the whole competitiveness and yeah. realising that we are all in this together. We may not be in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm and everybody's kind of trying to help each other. And I, I've noticed that a lot, that yeah. people have seemed to have dropped the... Um, well, it's because they're not busy. Yeah. They've got... They got experiences and ideas and things, but they're not at the front of their job or the front of their business or whatever yeah. it is. And they've got time. Yeah, yeah, time to help each other and, and stuff. So on that note, we need to crack on with our day. Yes, we do. <laughs> so that's episode six. Six. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.